Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey everybody, welcome to The Smattering. Pretty excited about what we're about to be doing. We put out a poll, Jeff. We put out a poll asking viewers on Twitter, what stocks should we talk about? And one of the highest, highest vote-getters was the stock, my biggest, my worst stock investment, Jeff. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about that. I love it. I love that. I love that we're going to start off with your worst investment. This is great. So I happen to know it is Peloton, Peloton Interactive, ticker symbol P-T-O-N. It is. And I'm going to share, this is, I'm going to share Peloton's, this is just Peloton's one year chart, right? This is just, this is just one year. The thing is that like, if you were to look at my portfolio, my individual return, it's basically that. I managed to buy Peloton almost the day of the all-time, of the all-time high. But before we talk about Peloton, Jeff, I want to actually talk about what has actually been my worst stock investment ever that's not still something that I own, because that's the distinction with Peloton is that I own it. You got a minute to do that? I do. I want to, I, I want to hear about all your failures. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I do. I do. And seriously, it's... it's I hope anybody watching this, I hope some people watching this can learn some of the lessons that I've learned. I know that's one of the things that we want to talk about. So back in 2014, my largest stock holding was a company called GT Advanced Technologies. The ticker was GTAT. And GT Advanced Technologies was a equipment manufacturer for, this, for, the, uh, for the solar panel industry and also manufactured equipment that makes... Sapphire, which can be used for the screens, like for your phones, right? So um, it's super hard material, that kind of thing. And it was my largest holding because I had really, really high conviction because of something that they had recently done. They had struck a really big partnership with Apple, okay? Apple went to them and said, hey, we want to buy a bunch of your silicon forges. We want to use them to make it. Went into negotiations. The next thing you know, it becomes okay, so we're going to hire you to make Sapphire for us, right? That's, you're, going to, you're going to be making the Sapphire for us. The company was cash flow positive. It was profitable. This, again, this is eight years ago. So this is before iPhones started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the tablets had become a bigger part of the business, the iPads. And out of nowhere, Jeff, the company filed for bankruptcy. So no, no warning signs, just... No, no warning signs for any, any, anything less than the absolute most critical and astute of analysts that would have been able to see one thing. And that was how GT Advanced Technologies was steadily becoming more and more leveraged to its deal with Apple. And the fact that it had struggled really from the beginning of, of, of that partnership to make the Sapphire to actually make enough product that met Apple's standards 
So its ability to do what it was in this long-term deal to do with Apple, to be able to do it and actually make any money, right? So the CEO of the company essentially went to the board and said, we are shackled to this deal. We can't get out of. This deal is going to ruin our business. And they made the decision to ruin the business for Apple, to, to, to preemptively uh, bankrupt the company, to be able to get out of the deal, reorganize the business, and move forward. Of course, as a shareholder, common shareholder, lost well over 90%. I think it was a 97 or 98% loss. I, I, I sold my shares within a week of that um, announcement, and it was, it was brutal. Do you want me to tell you my biggest lesson? Yeah. Diversify. That was the biggest lesson that I had is, is it's such a reminder that even companies that by all reasonable analysis look strong, look stable, can get hit by things absolutely out of nowhere that completely um, up in the business and, and lead to, to, uh, to bankruptcy, right? It's incredibly rare, right? This is like a black swan at a business level, um, but, it, but it can't happen right? And that's why we diversify. So luckily, um, even though it was my largest stockholding position, it was only a few percent of my portfolio. And over the long term, I've been able to, to recover. And that point about diversifying is super vital when you're talking about those one-off black swan events, whether it be a sudden bankruptcy or like a fraud or something like that. But it's also really important for sort of the slower D- uh, d- declines that you might see with a company like we've experienced over the last several months with Peloton. Exactly, right. And, and, and the, the, the difference with Peloton and GT Advanced Technologies, GT Advanced Technologies is a company that I read their filings. I knew the business very, very well. And I simply underestimated the potential of risk tied to its deal with Apple, right? So there was a little bit of an analysis failure on my part tied to that worst case black swan thing that did happen to the business. With Peloton, frankly, I know the business well. I understand the business model. When I bought the shares, I understood the business model and the idea that make some money selling the equipment, but you really want to grow that equipment base and get to that high margin recurring revenue from subscriptions, right? That's the core. And that, that continues to be the core of the business today. The the mistake that I made, it was very much an unforced error, right? No, nobody was swinging the bat for me on this one. I, I, I took the swing myself, but I swung at a pitch that somebody else told me they thought was a great pitch to swing at, even though it was a pitch that, frankly, I didn't, I didn't like, right? For, with Peloton, I borrowed conviction. At the end of the day, I looked at the business and I thought from the beginning that it had the potential to be a category definer in that you know, fitness equipment and the, the, the service part of it. Um, but what I didn't understand was how big that um, category was going to be. And frankly, I've always thought that it was going to be a very, very small category. But a lot of really smart other investors out there have had the belief, and some still do have the belief, that it's going to be a very large category and that Peloton is going to be the biggest, the biggest winner there. Um, again, I believe it probably still will be relatively category-defining. I just don't think it's going to be a very big or a very profitable, very profitable category. So I was a shareholder as well, and I sold my shares a few months ago. And I 
have a similar story around it, but mine was more built around the power of brand. So I saw and do see in my social circles how fanatic people are about Pelotons, that that blinded me to the exact same thing you're talking about, which is I think it will always be really revered and, and a, a, a brand that draws people to it and has super fans. But you're right. I don't think it's going to be it's a, a very large vocal minority, right? Right, exactly. Um, yep. And then when, so just in terms of like what I learned about it, and then I want to hear what you learned. One of the things that happened to me then was I became, I started to spin every piece of news like this could be a positive thing. So for example, when they bought, I uh, can't remember the name of the company, but they bought the company that manufactures a lot of the bikes you find in, in like hotel gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought to myself, that's brilliant. So now when all of the Peloton fanatics are on vacation or on a business trip, they can go down to the hotel gym and do a Peloton ride rather than just be on a you know regular old stationary bike. Um, and that's a great, you, you can sort of twist yourself into thinking that that's going to be the next big step for the company. But again, if it's a very small group of people who even take advantage of that, it's not enough to move the needle, not enough to, to justify the valuation that it was at at that time, or maybe even moving forward. Yes, I think the three lessons I, I learned is, number one, it was a big reminder about the risk of trying to borrow somebody else's conviction, particularly in a business that you already have very low conviction to begin with, right? And it's also a reminder that, and because I'm predisposed to buying lots of different stocks, I, you know, we've talked about it before, I have over 100 stocks that I own, I am willing to add a small, very small piece to a company and over time, you know, follow it and build it up. With Peloton, it wasn't a little tiny piece. It was a, a reasonably large for an initial holding uh, for me. And so I, I'm paying the price of not really kind of sticking to my convictions and also a little bit of a, a kind of a dose of fear of missing out here, right? I was seeing so many other people that I respect say, this, this is going to be a wonderful business. It's going to be durable and it's going to be a big winner over the long term. I should have been more willing to kind of listen to my own convictions and be willing to let the company prove itself a little bit more, even if that meant potentially paying a higher price than the stock was trading it at the time. Because with the, well, one of the things that we've learned is that with a great business, you don't have to get your, your timing right to buy it, right? You can buy it. We talked about Mercado Libre, which is another one we've done the, a video on here. I bought the company eight years ago, and then I bought again over the past few months, right? A wonderful, long-term, durable business you have plenty of opportunities to to buy um, and still generate returns that can help you reach your financial goals. We're here to ask the important questions. We're going to give answers too, but you need to answer those questions for yourselves. Nothing we said is investing advice, people. Make your own decisions. You can do it.